Grace and peace are yours from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. And these are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You may be seated. And dear fellow redeemed in Christ, when the modern nation of Israel is in the news, and especially when war is involved, as it has been for the past few weeks, you can be sure that there will be a variety of Christian teachers who focus on eschatology, the coming of Christ, and what we might expect based on current events. Some try to make the case for the imminent return of Christ and the start of his ruling on earth for a thousand years, that is, millennialism. There are attempts to connect events in the Middle East with the books of Revelation and Ezekiel, with Gog and Magog, and bringing the modern nation of Russia into the equation of the end times. Many are swayed by these claims which try to explain the many images and symbols of the apocalyptic texts of Scripture. The Apostle Paul here in 1 Thessalonians, as well as in other letters, directs the Christian church to test all things, hold fast what is good. And we are to do so so that we are preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus taught his disciples to grow in discernment about the various deceptions that would confuse people and direct them away from him and his saving work of salvation. In Matthew chapter 24, we read, As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. False Christs, antichrists, rumors, distractions of all kinds will come, and we are to beware of them, learning to distinguish truth from error. This discernment occurs as we learn to test all these things with the word of God. In our Lutheran confessions, we state our standard for discerning truth from error. We believe, teach, and confess that the only rule and norm according to which all teachings, together with all teachers, should be evaluated and judged. They are the prophetic and apostolic scriptures of the Old and New Testament alone. It is written in Psalm 119, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And then later, the Holy Scriptures alone remain the judge, rule, and norm. According to them, as the only touchstone, all teachings shall and must be discerned and judged to see whether they are good or evil, right or wrong. Recently, in one of my classes, I asked students if they knew anything about Y2K. Unsurprisingly, 
It was not a term they knew much about since it predates the vast majority of our students. It happened a few years before they were even born. Well, Y2K is about our calendar moving ahead one day from December 31st, 1999 to January 1st, 2000, hence Y2K. It was supposed to be a fateful event. It scared a lot of people. Some were thinking, surely that number, 2,000, must be a number that leads us to conclude that Jesus' second coming is now, with a date, and so get ready. And then there was maybe even the bigger scare among people who didn't really pay too much to Christianity, and that was of how whole financial systems would crash because computers would freeze or lose all their data since computers weren't programmed to deal with that change in the date. They stopped at 1999, or at least that is my very simple layman's understanding of the computer science behind it. I know there's more to it. It goes actually back into the 50s, but I don't care. So, I bring this up as an example of how what came to be a minor glitch caused thousands and thousands of people to panic. And it wasn't that there were, weren't any problems, there were some, but it was literally not the end of the world. And in a relatively short time, life went on, and with most people never noticing anything. The topic of the last things, the end of the world, the return of Christ, is one which does deserve our attention and our study. But it is not about trying to interpret apocalyptic images and symbols and seeking the future of the kingdom of God in current global political events. It is about beginning with the basics of the Christian faith, discerning the kingdom of God as God shows us in his word, and putting our trust in God alone and not clever attempts to see beyond what the triune God reveals. We can start very simply with a few words of Jesus in the second petition, what we call the second petition of the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come. And we confess it this way. The kingdom of God certainly comes of itself without our prayer. But we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. Okay? And how does God's kingdom come? God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit so that by his grace we believe his holy word and live godly lives here in time and hereafter in eternity. Luther would expand on this with a prayer, a very beautiful prayer, in the second petition in the large catechism, where he wrote, Dear Father, we pray, give us first your word, so that the gospel may be preached properly throughout the world. Second, may the gospel be received in faith and work and live in us, so that through the word and the Holy Spirit's power, your kingdom may triumph among us. And we pray that the devil's kingdom be put down so that he may have no right or power over us until at last his power may be utterly destroyed. So sin, death, and hell shall be exterminated. Then we may live together in perfect righteousness and blessedness. God rules us now in his kingdom of grace by the preaching of his word. 
and through receiving his sacraments. In these ways, he is among us, naming us as his sons and daughters, providing for what is needed as we look to his coming again. It is through this word, forgiveness and mercy, love and peace through Jesus, that you are preserved blameless in body, soul, and spirit. Our confidence as we look to the second coming of our Lord is not in ourselves, but in the one who called us and enlightens us with his gifts. As Paul encourages us, he who calls you is faithful, who will also do it. Testing all things and holding fast to what is good are what we are called to do as children of God. We test, we compare the message of the world with that of God in his word. We hold fast by God's grace to what is good, distinguishing it from what is not good based on the truth, based on what God reveals to us and not how our culture defines it. In all this, we are given strength through hearing and believing God's word, the word of the one who sanctifies us completely, Jesus Christ, our Savior. God bless us with continued growth in discernment, boldness to confess the truth, and confidence in the faith delivered to the saints. Thy word shall fortify us hence, it is thy church's sure defense. O oh, let us in its power confide that we may seek no other guide. Amen. And glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We continue with the prayer for Wednesday morning in the front of the hymnary, page 169. And you may rise, and we'll sing, uh, pray that in unison. <clears throat> Unto you, O Heavenly Father, I direct my first thoughts and lift up my heart in prayer that I may live and walk in you alone. Be my fortress this day as you have been my protection through this night, for which I thank you with my whole heart. Watch this day also over my soul and my members. May I also turn to you in true penitence. Cleanse me from all wickedness and uncleanness. May I walk in your fear in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, and trusting in his precious merits, I give myself to you, all together with all that you have bestowed upon me. Bless me in him with whatever pleases you. Grant me wisdom and strength to perform the duties of the calling in which you have placed me. May your holy angels accompany me and mine in all our ways and help us to walk together in love in the narrow path which leads to your heaven. To this end, help us by your Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.